Uh, I think I'm gonna get more of these LEDs to go around the top of the room, so it like makes the whole room glow. I think that's what I'm gonna do. I mean, I like it how it is now, just because it's it's got more that's the you know more spooky aesthetic. You got the candleish like you know uh, ominous on one side, and then you got the LED lights on the other. Like I like it how it is now. I mean, okay. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think they're gonna overpower it if you put more, but like the light to dark ratio that you have right now I think is perfect for the ambiance that we're trying to do here. Yeah, I uh, wanted to get some less harsh lights, so I've added some candles here oh, to no, kind I, of... I think yeah. right, right, right now we're at a perfect light oh, to dark well then, level fucking, I don't want those then but anymore. But hey, this is, it's, it's yours, it's not mine. I don't want it anymore. No, because I, I, I would have to figure out how to hide the cord. There would have to be like one side that you could see the cord on, and I was like, I don't know if I'm sold on that yet. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, I forgot to do the, forgot to do the intro as Batman. Fail. Oh, so that's what that feels like. Welcome to episode 165. That hurts. I can't do that for that long. How does Christian Bale do that for two hours in a, a movie? Of, I mean, they're, they're multiple cuts. Oh. He probably does it for 30 seconds at a time. Oh, Batman. We're here to talk about Relic from 2020. <laughs> 2020. 2020. I got you. Oh, Batman. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about Relic, not the Relic, as me and Corey have discussed on our Creature Feature episode. This is just Relic. Relic. <laughs> no, the, if you search the Relic, you will not find this movie on Letterboxd because it can't possibly comprehend you put an extra. Like, when you go to uh, type something in and you misspell one letter, it's like, I have, I have no idea. I don't have I idea. have zero clue, and I'm like, it's... I, I typed in R-E-L-J-K, like J-C. You can't put, no. It doesn't give you suggestions, nothing. I'm like, okay, Letterboxd. Yeah, Relg like calm down, Letterboxd. So that's what we're talking about today. Uh, this is We were supposed to do this last week, but I uh, did a, we did a, you, you know the drill. You know by now. You listened to last week's, I assume. And if this is your first time, welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm, I'm your host, Austin <laughs> Proctor. There's your co-host, Spencer Lafferman. What's up? What is going on? Uh, I am very excited to talk about this for a multitude of reasons. One being that the first time I watched this movie, we were both drunk because you had just moved in. I didn't re I didn't realize this movie was two years old. I thought it came yeah, out last. No, yeah. no, this is literally the first movie yeah. I even watched in my own apartment. Yeah, you, we, we were sitting on the floor because you hadn't gotten a couch yet. And I remember we were both drinking in celebration of you getting your own place. And it was, it was a good night. But I don't remember jag or shit about this movie at all i just remember uh is that a good thing or a bad thing no it's not that it was a bad thing i just don't I, we were drinking and i, I you know sure. i just i just don't really remember i remember the grandma being creepy and i remember the i remember some intense scenes from I the movie did, i mean it's funny you did bring that up because i mean i mean i remembered this movie but i think now that i i haven't seen it in two years because i haven't this was literally my second mm -hmm. watch since the first time we watched yeah, it same i had a more Ooh. Yeah, you did. Yeah, boy. You let it out. I wish I had that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I had a more, like, I guess, uh, knowing already kind of what this was about, more of an understanding, and I think I I still, I'm not going to say what I, what I gave it, but I gave it the same score that I did the first time, but I profoundly, under, I understood it more on a profoundly, like, emotional level this time than I did the first time. Yeah, uh, that's funny you say that, because Gabby watched it with me, and uh, it got to the end, which I am going, I, this is going to be one of the rare times that we do spoil movies. Oh, okay. I, I want to talk about the ending, because uh, I didn't get it at first, and Gabby explained it, and I was like, <gasps> brilliant. Um, so I want to see if you uh, picked that up, because I, I, I understood it to a certain degree, but then she just uttered her brilliant words, and I was like, son of a bitch. Uh, Holy shit! That's another thing. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I could have 
That's funny. You know, that's so funny you say that because that alone actually, like, I have a better understanding of that ending than I did the first time mm-hmm. as well. Like, uh, and I could interpret it, interpreted whatever that. Yeah, interpreted it. It. Cinnamon. in. I edited it. That word. Uh, like I could do it differently than maybe Gabby did or you did, but yeah. like the way I, I did, I think also works. So like I guess once we once we get to there, we can play on. Yeah, who yeah, what. we'll we'll talk. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will I will specifically say we're going into spoiler territory. You know, we're, we'll talk about it for five minutes, and then if you want to listen, you can. If you want to skip ahead, you can. Uh, so yeah, I definitely want to mention that because if you have watched it and you didn't get the ending, I will explain. It. Don't worry, I'm here. I'm here to help. I will explain it. It makes so much more sense. And I actually gave it a full star more. Oh, I, shit. Yeah, I had only given it. Well, you'll see. Yeah, I'd only given it that rating because, uh, you know, I was. I think I rated it the next day because I was like, uh, I forgot to rate this last night. I was drunk and I was like, I remember being pretty good. But yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it so much more. It is such a perfect example of how to do slow burn horror perfectly. And 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 it's and it goes by quickly. Yeah, like, it's I only remember- an hour twenty nine. It's just. But, but I remember uh, I checked the time one time, just once, because I was just curious. And it was an hour and 18. I'm like, what the fuck? Hello? Yeah, I checked it one like, I'm <laughs> like, I just started this fucking movie. Yeah, I checked it one time at 59, and I was like, all right. All Right on. Only like, like, like 25 minutes left. Okay. And it's not, the, you know, obviously it's not bad or anything. And it doesn't feel over long. It's just it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's that's a good thing. And, you know, sometimes I'll check just because I, you know, I, usually I'm watching this right before we go on air. And I'm like, how much time do I have? Spencer's going to be here. And I was like, oh, I got plenty of time. I had like 10, yeah. I had like five minutes in between. Okay, so, Mr. Incredible, I got time. I got time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this one. We're going to go in super deep with this because there's a lot to mention about it, uh, even though it's very mysterious and very, you know, there's there's like so much happening, but there's also not a lot happening at the same time. It's a very, very interesting movie. So we'll get there. In due time, got to talk about some other things here. First up, I finally got the rest of my Shocktober sale. The transaction is now complete, sir, between you and I. Yes, it is. No more. Well, actually, no, it's not. My T-shirt's going to be here next month. Oh, well, I mean, that was free, so whatever. Um, but yeah, I got Rent-A-Pal. Uh, Rent-A-Pal stars Will Wheaton and Brian Landis Falcons. This is... Such an underrated gem uh, takes place in the 90s, and it's about David. He's searching for an escape from his day-to-day drudgery uh, and caring for his mother while seeking a partner through a video dating service because this is the 90s. He discovers a strange VHS tape called Rent-A-Pal hosted by the charming and charismatic Andy, and the tape offers him a much-needed company, compassion, and friendship. And then it's just a downward spiral of... Have you seen this one? No. It's just a downward spiral of chaos. It is uh, another kind of slow burn like this one, like like Relic, and I just remember watching it and just being completely awestruck by every single fucking frame. They're both IFC Midnights. Yeah. IFC Midnight is like seriously the unsung hero of the horror industry. Like, like, so you got... So these are these are the things. If you see a horror film done by Lionsgate, nine times out of ten, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty going to be good. It's either going to be good or just eh. But like, but whatever. Um, A twenty four, obviously. Um, IFC Midnight. Yep. And Shutter. Yeah. Now here's dum, the dum. here's the double threat. There are a couple ones out there that have been released in the last uh, this year. Actually, two have been released this year that are both IFC Midnight and Shutter. Um, mm. Resurrection and Watcher. Oh yeah, Resurrection. I just watched. That's with Rebecca Hall, and like you just said, it's on Shutter. That movie is another. Mi- it's in the same vein as this one. It's like a except a little, yeah. Except it's more mindfucking yes. because the symbolism and metaphors well, are, are well, very well, heavy. Well, yeah, one is more more uh, on trauma, where the other one is where which, you know they're both real life events, but like yeah. Resurrection is more based on uh, 
grief and trauma. Yeah. Grief and trauma to where uh, relic. What we're talking about now is more just. It's about a sickness. Aging, it's about yeah, sickness. sickness. Yeah, it's about dementia aging, and aging. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're kind of on the same vein, but like wildly different. Yeah. They. Yeah. They are exactly. They're like almost the same. Yeah. Like exa- you, I can't say it better yeah. than what you just said. Yes. You, but usually, you, but usually, said. if you watch a movie and it starts off I've seen midnight, and then the next thing it says shutter, or just one or the other by itself, you know you're gonna have a good time. Oh yeah, and uh, it's funny because the trailers before Relic were the rental. Uh, yeah. Another, uh, a couple of other couple other, and I was like yes all these movies are so good uh, so yeah Rentapel is great if you haven't seen that check it out I believe that one I think it's on Hulu I think I saw it on Hulu I don't yeah. know if it's still there but I know that's where I watched it and uh, I have the Scream Factory in front of me obviously and then uh, Relic is also a Scream Factory so you can buy both of these from them right now well, actually Rentapel is going out of print soon yeah, so if it's if not you, already yeah so if you want to get that get it yeah, get it while it's get it while the getting's good. Right I'm gonna out. I'm gonna double check because I just have a web page pulled up to the going out of print items because it's nice to just have that there. But yeah, I remember there I got an email. It's like these titles going out of print, and I saw Rentapal, and I was like, oh, I better get that from the sale. Oh what? shit, the rentals now on that. Yeah, rentals now on that. So rental and Rentapal are both on uh, go on their way out. So get them while you can because they're you know once they're gone, they're gonna skyrocket in price. I gar- yeah. I guarantee you. So. Uh, so those are some movies that uh, that I've got, and uh, I have a, a, speaking of more movies I got in the mail recently, I have a very sad, tragic story to share with all of you. Uh, I went to go watch Insidious for a podcast coming up next week, I believe, with me and Aid and Mikey from Slashers. They were on the last episode, and I remembered having the trilogy on, on DVD at 1, 2, and 3, and I went to go look for that, didn't have it, and I went to go look for it in my Blu-rays, and I didn't have it, and I was like, I... I'm a horror fan, and I don't have Insidious movies. What is wrong with me? I went right to Amazon. Shame. Got, yeah, I know. Shame. 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 I know. I felt. So, I just. I was so disappointed. I, was, I don't even want to be here. I wasn't even mad at myself. I was disappointed <laughs> with myself. Like, That's even worse. I know. <laughs> That's the worst. So I rectified that immediately and ordered one and two, three and four are uh, just in my and you know in my. Uh, cart still but i figured on the topic of insidious and since they're blumhouse movies i know i told you just to prepare some movies that you enjoy from blumhouse because i'm also going to be talking about this on the slashers podcast next week so i figured i would tell it to you guys guys, he doesn't ask me to prepare he tells me to you just prepare he literally texts me. He's like, "You son of a bitch! You do this now, or I hate you forever." And I'm like, "Or I kick you off the podcast for real." So I'm like, "I guess fuck it. I guess I'll do it." <laughs> so uh, real me, friendship, guys. Let me let me pull up the <laughs> Blum the Bloom House list here. Do do do. Yeah, we're just gonna talk about some favorites and then other ones that we didn't even know were. Blumhouse. So uh, you said you had five. I've, I'm just gonna. I've, I'm, I've got the list here. I'll just. I'm gonna scroll around and just kind of mention some that I know and like. But okay. Uh, I would just go ahead and give me one. What? What was? Uh. What Sin- was- Sinister. Yeah, that's absolutely one of my favorites. Hundred percent. It's just one of my favorite horror movies all, to, all like, in all general. Around. Yeah, in general, it's one of my favorites as well. And apparently, it's scientifically the scariest movie in the world, according to heart rate studies. Which I can, I, 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 could I, see. I, I could see that, but but like. I mean, I don't know. I guess to like non-horror movie watchers, yeah, like yeah. to us, we're just like that was brilliant, yeah, that was like, beautiful, I, like, yeah. So yeah, that's definitely a great one. The second one, not so much. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, the, well, it didn't need a sec. It's one of those movies that, did, that they just did for a money grab. They did it for a money grab, and then you know it's like, okay, you did two. Are you gonna try to do a better one? And like, and they're no, because no, the second one bombed yeah. so hard. No, we're just doing two because the second one was not great. Yeah, it wasn't directed by the same guy. Nothing. It, had, um, it really had nothing to do with with the first one at all, except for 
the main part of it all. Yeah, and officer so and so, or de- oh, yeah. yeah, deputy so and so. So and so was it. Except in this movie, he's ex deputy so and so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't really have any. You know, I don't know. The second one wasn't that great. First one, brilliant. You've got Scott Derrickson as a writer. You've got um, your guy, not Kevin Bacon. Um, that guy. What's Ethan his name? Hawk. Ethan Hawk. There we go. And it's just fucking great. So yeah, that's a great one. I'm gonna agree with you on that. Give me another one. Another Ethan Hawke, uh, oh. the first Purge. Oh, well, yeah. well, the Purge, <laughs> the first, the first of the Purge movies, because there is a movie called The First Purge, but not that one. Is that one uh, the one with uh, Ethan Hawke and Lana Headley? The, the, very for, the Forever Purge? No, it's just called the Purge. It's just called Purge. The oh purge. yeah, yeah. So he, we got yeah. the Purge, we got Purge, Anarchy, Election, election Year, and then the, the first, first purge, purge, and then Forever Purge. But uh. I basically just put the first three because the other two weren't very good. Yeah, my favorite of the the first three is definitely election year when they're, oh, when they're yeah when they're out in the streets same. like oh. oh my god I really liked Anarchy but they bumped it up with with, uh, with election year it's like holy yeah. shit oh, this wait. is great uh wait what's the second one I think the second one is Anarchy oh maybe that's the one I don't know that which... third third one is as with the the, uh, the third one is election year so it's more political it's it's more where uh, Elizabeth Mitchell's uh. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, my favorite is Anarchy. Oh, okay, so I, my favorite's still uh, Election Year. Okay, yeah, my favorite is Anarchy, which is the second one, because they have the guy in the semi-truck with the fucking just oh, that was, huge well, turret, and well, you're well, like, whoa! Well, but that's also where we find out who's, like, what, like why is this happening? Yeah. And it's, it's more of a, honestly, like, I'm not going to say it, but it is a twist, because you're like, holy shit, this makes sense, yeah. but also like... makes total sense. Yeah, which is crazy. I'm not gonna, get, but but yeah. I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. I love I loved all three of them. But if I had to choose, like gun to head, which one I liked the most it, out of the three, it's it's election year. Election year, okay. Because I really like Frank Grillo, the the main yeah, guy. Yeah, Frank Grillo's fucking awesome. I watch anything, and even if the movie sucks. Yeah, he's great. Okay, give me another one. Uh, the gift with uh, Jason Bateman, Rebecca Hall. Yeah. That was a really good movie. That's a good one, too. I agree with that. Um, one I'll just mention, and it's not even one. It's just an entire fucking series. It's Paranormal Activity. Well, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite series. I love that series so much. And also the Ouija movies. You have the Ouija and the Ouija Origin of Evil, which Mike Flanagan did. And it's yes. just a fucking straight out and masterpiece. And we also have, which I left out of here because we talk about so much, but the new Halloween trilogy is Blumhouse. Of course, yeah. Obviously, we like the first one the most out of, out of yeah, those. Yeah, but I left that out because I'm like, okay, we're beating a dead horse here. Yeah. Um, Insidious, of course. I think, I think chapter two is my favorite i haven't seen them in so long and i haven't rated them yet so i haven't seen them in like three years so i can't off remember of, off of memory i know three is like a, three well solid three is a, a prequel so it's yeah. it's but out of like a sequel wise one and two i'm gonna go with two I think, two, yeah, I think two is my favorite as well. And without going too much into it, two is like a horror film, but they kind of go like action horror and and like for, for a brief amount of time, and I'm and it worked so well. Yeah. Oh yeah. For for a hundred percent. And the fourth one that's coming out next year. Fifth uh, one. It's the oh, fifth sorry, one. fifth one. Fifth one is actually being directed by Patrick Wilson, which is super cool because obviously he's been. And I think you know, it's an actual uh, sequel to the third, the, to the second one, so like a proper trilogy. Yeah, because you had one, and then it followed up by two. Three was a prequel, and then it, last key was in between three and one yeah so so confusing so fucking crazy. so confusing um all right give me give me your th- give me a third one that i already gave you three. Oh, give me a fourth one okay well this one is one i didn't know which one hush oh yeah that's that's one of the ones i didn't know either i was just about to mention that one too yeah yeah uh, i didn't realize that one was one either um which may, i mean so i mean mike flanagan i guess there he's just in, i mean makes which, sense which is fine he's just in bed with blumhouse and uh, in that <laughs> respect, well in that respect because all of his movies are kind of produced by blumhouse all the movies yeah. he's done 
Uh, Oculus might might not be though. Now that I think about it, but it Oculus might be. is not. Okay, no. so I no, no, it is. It, it is. It is. See, oh so shit! So it is. is. So he is in bed with there. It is. Okay. Um, okay, another one from me is going to be where I just had it. Oh, where'd it go? Dark Skies. That's a really good alien movie. Is that movie. the one with Carrie Russell? The, uh... Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Alien Abduction. Oh, it's so good. And it's I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember like So it. underrated. I love that one. Uh, all right, what's your fifth and final one? Um, it's not a horror film, but it is directed by Ty West in the Valley of Violence. Oh, nice. With okay. also Ethan Hawke in it. Hey. So... So okay. yeah, that's uh, I like what I rewatched that I think sometime this year, and I said Blumhouse on it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I forgot about that. Like, what? A uh, couple other notable or uh, noteworthy mentions here. Area 51 is a great found footage movie. I love both the Creeps or Blumhouse. We actually just watched. Uh, me and the wife watched Creep last night. Of course, Creep Two is going to be in our future very soon. Um, and then another one that I didn't. It's not horror, but another one I didn't know is fucking Blumhouse Whiplash. Whiplash. What the fuck, really? Whiplash. I'm not even shitting you right there, Blumhouse. Oh no, I believe yeah. you. I'm just like, well, yeah, he's, yeah. It's funny how he likes to, uh, well, well, Blumhouse, like he likes to just like, you know, he doesn't just, just, just oh, pfft, wow, words. Woo! Stick with, stick with horror. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I was like, okay, cool. And then uh, two other ones that are really good are the Unfriended movies, Unfriended, and then Unfriended Dark Web, and then uh, really a movie that no one has ever talked. Not, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's just not mentioned at all. It's called 13 Sins. Is that the one with Ron Perlman? Mm, maybe. It's I'm, about a guy who has to like do 13 tasks, and each task gets more sinister and dark. Uh, let's see. You got Mark Weber, Devin Gray, Tom Boyer. Oh, yeah, Ron Perlman. There, there he is. is. Yeah, I know yeah. that one. And then you have Pruitt Taylor, uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince, which is the guy from um, Identity, Constantine. I think he was also in... The Devil's Candy, I want to say. De- yeah, Devil's yeah, he Candy. Was, he he plays, was... plays the guy that just... Yeah. Plays, yeah, that's fucking... I love that movie. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Blumhouse, I know it gets a lot of flack and it gets a lot of shit from people, but there are so many bops in that in that lineup they have, so... And, and they've been doing it, like, I didn't realize they've been... Like, I knew he did the Paranormal Activities, but I didn't know he did all of them, so it goes yeah. back... So, so Blumhouse goes back a long that was way. Their fir- that was, like, their first huge hit, Which because it only cost a million dollars a film, and they made, like, a hundred million dollars on it. it is, it's crazy how much money they made off that fucking movie. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, those are some good note where, you know, that's uh, another one. Usually if you see Blumhouse, it's, 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 I mean, he's got, there's some hits or misses, but most of them are hits. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good ones there and it does get a lot of flack because there are plenty of movies that aren't great from Blumhouse, but there are plenty of solid entries in their catalog. So I, I had to mention those because I know I, like I said, I know they do kind of get some flack here and there, but, uh, so those are some good Blumhouse movies. Go check those out if you haven't heard of any of those. A um, couple other things I wanted to mention was... Oh, oh we got to talk about VHS 99. Oh, yeah. Uh, that just came out recently, like... Uh, a few weeks ago? A week or so ago, yeah. yeah a couple weeks. Um, so uh, this, uh, this installment is comprised of five segments. I actually just did a TikTok on this today that I'm going to post at some point. Uh, hour and 49 minutes, currently streaming on Shudder. First short is called Shredding. Second short is called Suicide Bid. Third short is, you know what? Let's just go through these real quick. (laughs) Let's just go through them. Yeah, so the first short is Shredding, and it's about these punk band kids who, like, pull pranks and shit. But then, unfortunately, it's not all fun and games when they go break into that um, music venue that burnt down due to an electrical fire. And there was a band playing there called uh, Bitch Cat, and they all got trampled to death. 
and they go in there, start pulling pranks, and then they just get fucking fucked up in the most crazy ways. I really like that one, but the kids were such pieces of shit, and I'm like, ah, oh. but then, you know, once they get there, come up, and so I'm like, all right. Yeah, right? kind of kind of flipped it around for me. Um, so I like that one. I don't know how did you feel about the first the first one. I know I liked it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty decent. Yeah, like nothing too crazy. This was this this. Uh, yeah, I actually enjoyed. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen them all, but like not in a while. Like I usually like I've only probably watched all of them except for ninety four and this one like twice. Okay, but, uh, well next time you go to watch them, we'll we'll like marathon them because I love those movies. Well, yeah, I only I have the like I said I have the first three digital. Um, okay, I, and then I think the other two are obviously on Shutter. Yeah. But uh, we gotta we gotta definitely uh watch those together. Those yeah, are that's fun. fine. Um, but uh, this is like I like this one. I had a lot like with uh with ninety four. I was as weird as I was just really bored with ninety four. Everyone's yeah, lot, most people feel but that this way. This one was a even though this is the longest one out of them all. Yeah, I like I had a lot. I enjoyed a lot. I I think there was one segment out of the five that I absolutely like. I didn't give a shit about. Okay. But uh, the other ones, I like, I enjoyed all of them except for like one. And I highly enjoyed myself with this one. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first short uh, called shredding. And then the second short called suicide bid. I, I love this one. This, this one, yeah, was, this I one think, was really cool. I think this is probably my favorite. Uh, Cause this one involves a lady named Lily and she's a freshman in college. She's trying to join the beta Sigma Ada sorority. And suicide bid is where you only put in one application to one sorority, and that is a potential risk of alienation if you get rejected. Because if you don't try to apply to multiple ones, then you don't have a backup, then you can, yeah, especially as a freshman, you can be alienated from the group. So she's going on with it. And of course, there is hazing involved in this, and shit goes sideways almost immediately and it's just a crazy jump scary awesomely concluded short like the ending of that short i was like ooh, oh that was, that was such justice a good one. Yeah, yeah justice good but one. i will give any- justice justice <laughs> batman i will give anybody a warning though that it's claustrophobic uh because it does involve someone being trapped in a very tight space almost the entire short so just be warned if you are claustrophobic like i am because I'm a big guy. I don't like being squished in. It's just just know that going in because it can be I, it makes the suspense and thrill heightened for me because I'm like, ooh, I hate small spaces. I yeah. would not be OK in this. Um, so that one was really good. I think that's probably my favorite uh, of the five just because it was I just. Yeah, the, the, it was original. To, you know, to agree with you on that. OK, yeah. So that one was definitely awesome. Uh, the third one is called Ozzy's Dungeon. I, this is the one I absolutely did not like. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Let me explain it, and then we'll, yeah, we'll discuss what did not work. Um, <laughs> yeah. So essentially, this is like a horror version of the Nickelodeon game show Double Dare, and um, yeah. So the kids playing. There's kids, you know, going through these pits and all that stuff, and doing games, and the announcer is this big douchey guy saying things and just stupid. And one of the girls, like, breaks the ever-loving fuck out of her leg, like, snapped in half. Oh, it was brutal. Blood gushing everywhere. And then she's, like, trying to fix it. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> like, please. It's, I can't watch this. I hate, I hate seeing leg snaps. Those are, like, or bone snaps. It just, oh, my God. And the host is, like, not giving a shit about it at all. It doesn't care. And then I was like, that's kind of weird. He, he, got, he came off very racist to me because he was more caring about the white kid than the black kid. And I, I was mean, like, yeah. I was like, dude. Dude, uh, you're on a game show. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, you can't do that at honestly, all. Honestly, but I don't thought, do that I thought in front of millions of people. Just having like a dream. Of, yeah. Like maybe she was like the person was about to go on the show and she was having a nightmare of being on the show. Yeah. But then I realized, nope, that's not a dream. Nope. It 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 literally pulls back from a t- from a TV and the family of 
the girl that got permanently injured, by the way, she's permanently injured. She, she, and she had a future ahead of her. Her mom was, you know, she was going to be a star, but it focuses on the family who now has the host trapped in a dog cage. The show has been canceled. The family's pissed off because like I said, their daughter was going to be a star and now she's got, and I love when they reveal the leg and it's just all gross. I'm like, did you not go to the hospital? That looks like shit, dude. What are you doing? Uh, So then they make him do a bunch of challenges and then it just goes downhill from there. But yeah, I didn't really care about this one because I was like, wow, this is like a bit extreme, you know, sue the show, get your money, get paid. But like, kidnapping him and, ma- and torturing him this seems yeah. a bit extreme i was like this is like okay calm down like and the you know the mom was just like was like okay like yeah calm, I did, calm down i honestly couldn't wait till that segment was over yeah but then it just goes full tilt bonkers because there's this whole twist at the end and i, I was like okay that was pretty cool like whoa didn't expect to see that but uh, it was just so chaotic and off the rails i was like I don't. I don't yeah, really. I didn't like it. Yeah, either. I wasn't too big on that one. Uh, but again, I did like the twist with the crazy creature. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely probably the weakest one in the series. And then the fourth one is called Gawkers, and it's actually part of the quote unquote wraparound. I say quote unquote because there's really not a wraparound story in this one like all the other ones. There's just this kid filming little toy soldiers throughout and you know every after every short it cuts to those. But this short kind of takes the little short, you know, the little mini things in between and plays off of that because it's about Dylan and Brady and their brothers. And he's, you know, Brady, I think it's Brady is the one. Yeah. Brady is the one filming the soldiers and he's filming a scene real quick. And it cuts to Dylan just bursting in and being like, yo, that's my camera. Like I didn't tell you could use that. So he takes the camera back and then they use the camera. Well, him and his other friends use the camera to spy on their hot neighbor, Sandra. And somehow convince Brady to go over there, put a spy camera in her room. And then what they see is, Fucking absolutely terrifying. I loved I it. Yeah, don't want to give it away because it's a pretty honestly, it's a pretty big twist. And I was and I told you when we were playing Xbox, I was like, you know, you don't really see too much of that. Yeah. That I'm like, I like that. I but I hated the shitbag kids because I'm like, okay, I know we've all been young. But, you know, all those boys were young, and we I'm sure at some point have oh, oh, there's a hot girl over there. But they just took it to a really unnecessary gross love, and I'm like, dude, yeah, you they guys took, are like they 13. took it from actually just looking out the window at her washing her car and stuff to be like, you know what. I need a, I need a, I need a spy camera on your computer so I can see her nude at all times. Yeah, that's that's creepy. And I'm like, so, like yeah, like that's pushing. I mean, we've all you know, 99, we've all been there. It's, it's, I mean, 99. We were nine years old then. Yeah, I didn't even have the internet. You know, like right, like like good for them <laughs> having stuff. We didn't, but like, but yeah, you see a hot neighbor, you're like, oh, she's washing a car. Oh, she's wearing short shorts. Okay, like, and then you leave it at that. Yeah, that's normal. Like, that's normal. No, especially for young boys. I, you yeah, know, like that's, that's that's normal stuff. But then all of a sudden, nope, I yeah, need more. I need yeah, to like, be a fucking perv. <laughs> yeah, like whoa, so. What they see just shocks them, and then it just goes fucking insane from there. I would have, t- I would have taken the rest of that. That I would have taken a long, an extended like version of that. Yeah, I, I, I would. Yeah, that's the one of the ones that I wish I, w- I could see a full version of because like you could do a lot of character development with that. You could do a lot of uh, once the twist is revealed, you can just have that character go crazy, and it would be super cool. Yeah. So that that an one was, origin story. Like there's so much. Yeah, you can do there's with that. so much you could do. So that one was pretty good, minus the shitbag kids. Um, and then the 
fifth and final short is called To Hell and Back, and I, I can pretty much leave it at that. Um, but, you know, it's about uh, Nate and Tony. They've been hired by a coven of witches to film a ritual. Shit goes sideways, and they end up in hell, have to figure out how to go, have to figure out how to get back from hell. And this one is actually directed by the same guy who starred and directed Deadstream. Him and his wife uh, wrote and directed Deadstream, and now he did a short. For, so he's done two found footage style things this year, and I yeah, this year alone. I love I love him, and I want to see more from him because he does a, he does perfect mixes of comedy and horror and um, gore. Perfect mount, like it is so good. And also the chick who played Julie from Deadstream, whatever the only other chick in that movie is, yeah. she's in this short yeah, as it's, well. It's, I feel like they just, they just maybe just, maybe they just, you know, like, like filmed on the same. May, yeah, I don't like know. Once, they, once filming wrapped with with one, they filmed the other. They uh, definitely like working together, and um, so yeah, that one was the fifth and final one, and that one was probably my second favorite, just because it's so wacky and silly, and uh, set design was pretty good. Uh, I gave this three out of five because uh, while I did enjoy it, I didn't. In so here's my ranking of all, all of them real quick. VHS two is up top at a four and a half. Then VHS 94 at four. The original VHS at 3.5. This one at three out of five. And then VHS viral at two and a half because that one's definitely the worst to me. Yeah, viral is um, awful. It's yeah, it's not great. I I only gave it a two and a half because of the respect I have for the VHS franchise, and I love found footage. If it wasn't found footage, it would be at a two all day, if not a one point five. Uh, but yeah, I gave this three out of five. You gave this three out of five. It's yeah, it's not the best by any means, but it is a really good time. Yeah, I, I enjoy and it. It's a lot of fun, and uh, that one's also on Shutter. They're fucking killing it this year. I mean, not, not like they haven't killed it before, but I'm saying this year especially, I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even know. This we year alone, horror has been killing it. I know. I am up to now after watching, because you can rate the Cabinet of Curiosities, by the way, on Letterboxd individually. So after watching all eight of those, which, by the way, if you haven't seen, holy shit, go watch. Uh, Panos Cosmatos is definitely my number one out of that. But I am at 55 horror movies this year, and I still have five more, seven more that I know I need to watch, and we still have, like, Three fucking Christmas horror movies coming out. We've got The Mean One, we've got Violent Night, and then we've got Christmas Bloody Christmas, which you just shared today with I, me. I just saw it today. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, and so real quick, while we're on the subject here, uh, this one is slated to release. It's RLJE Films. Fuck yeah. And so it's probably just going to go on Shudder. Yeah, it's streaming straight to Shudder. December 9th, 2022. You can watch the trailer in this article that you sent me, but um, the, basically the setup is it's Christmas Eve and a fiery record store owner, owner Tori, Tori Toombs, uh, just wants to get drunk and party until the robotic Santa Claus at a nearby toy store goes haywire and makes her night a little more complicated, which this this sounds like Willy's Wonderland, but not with Nick Cage and at Christmas time. Yes. I am on and it's fucking a, and it's, board. And it's a complete animatronic uh it's complete animatronics. Let's go. So Santa Claus begins a rampant killing spree through the neon drenched snowscape against a backdrop of drugs, sex, metal, and violence. Everything a growing boy needs. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately forcing Tori into a blood spattered battle for survival against the ruthless heavy metal Saint Nick himself. Let's Fucking yeah, that go. Amazing. Let's go. I'm so ready for all the Christmas horror movies this year. I am so fucking excited. Also, if I haven't mentioned it already, David Howard Thornton is playing the mean one in the Grinch horror movie coming up this year. I'm just like 10 year old me is just like, ah, 
out. Like I'm screaming. I'm like, this is everything I've ever wanted. Like we usually get a Christmas horror movie every now and again, but three, three right. in a year. What? So this right. is very exciting, very exciting time to be alive. Uh, the, and then the, um, I love the ty- the poster card for that. Oh, it's so cool. Oh my God. So good. So there is still so much more good shit coming out this year. Super excited for that. Um, and then the really the last thing I want to talk about real quick before we get into this movie. Actually, well, I guess we could talk about Cabinet of Curiosities real quick. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it is Guillermo del Toro's anthology style show on Netflix where it's like Alfred Hitchcock presents. He comes out, introduces the movie, you know, introduces the short, says who it's directed by and what it's about. And then chaos ensues. There's eight episodes. They're about an hour apiece. Some are 55, some are an hour and five. And I'd say I'd say about 75% of those were about three and a half to four to five for me. Yeah, I gave, most of them. I gave I know for a fact I gave two of them threes. Four, yeah, okay. And then the rest were either three and a half fours. <laughs> between three and a half and five. Yeah. It's insane. Uh that is definitely I'd say the best horror show this year, if not maybe the past couple years, honestly. Um I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Panos Cosmatos is being my favorite because it's Panos Cosmatos. If you don't know who that is, Google him. He did Mandy and he did uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. He is a very aesthetically pleasing director. Uh, the second, the like his the first shot that in that movie was you know that guy driving in the car and then or the chick and she pulls up to the people and I'm like this is 70s, hundred percent, no doubt. Um, and then they were like, it's set in 79. I was like, nailed it. Well, you can also tell with uh, with uh, one of the, and I'm not going to say the uh, person who plays him, but you'll know the the dude, like the way he had his afro and the way yeah. he was. You can just tell by the look. Yeah. Like, I mean, afros, you know, are, are in whenever, but like they well, were yeah. specifically a thing in, with the way they were he big was in dressed the, yeah, and they stuff. Were, so like, they were so big yeah, in the 70s. So, I mean, the whole thing was just a huge 75 between between the drugs, the the type of stuff they were talking about, the aesthetic, like, visuals. Oh, my it God, yeah. It screamed the 70s. It screamed 70s, and I liked that I was able to figure it out before they said, it's 79. I was like, yes. Plus, you have fucking Peter Weller in this. And if you don't Robo-Cop know that, I was going to say, Robocop. Oh, my God. Uh, he's in this fucking killing it um and then uh eric andre's in this too which is fucking surprising he killed it as well uh i don't think i've ever seen him do a serious role to my knowledge no, he's, he's just usually a straight comedian. he's usually a goofball you know yeah. and, he's, and he's hilarious and i saw him in this and i'm like you know fucking respect he was he sold that like i was sold just by him and then peter Weller shows up I'm like, oh fuck it okay this is great. And then that other chick uh, with the blade leg from Kingsman is in it. I can't remember her yeah, name. Yeah, she was also in uh, Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Uh, Sophia. Sophia. L- her last name Laguera. starts with a B. No, it starts with a B. Sophia Borella? Bo- <laughs> like, oh, please. Sophia Borealis. <laughs> Sophia uh, Borealis. Aurora Jesus. Borealis. Um, yeah. Sophia uh, Botella. Botella, that's right. She was in, she's been in other movies, which obviously uh, Kingsman. She was in Hotel Artemis. She was in Tom Cruise's The Mummy. She was in the third Star Trek movie. She was in um, Prisoners of the Ghostland with uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Testicles! <laughs> and she was also in Climax. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was the main girl in Climax. That's right. Um, so, yeah, uh, that short was everything I've ever wanted and uh, that got a very high rating. So you're going to see a lot of those probably on our top 10s this year, most likely. And uh, at currently as it sits right now, I have 
four movies at a five star. I've never had more than one since I've been doing the podcast. Nice. And there's still more to come. Like, I still haven't seen Watcher. I don't know if that's going to be like, that might be a five. Uh, oh, Watcher's so good. I yeah. can't wait till you see that. Everything in my top 10 is a five or a four and a half. And even spilling over into my honorable mentions is four and a half. So I'm like, what is yeah, happening I th- this I th- year? I think one through, like, I haven't really looked like, like, but I think like at least one through seven are going to be between five and four and a half. Yeah, it's insane this year. It's <laughs> insane. So like, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a lot this year. But yeah, C- Cabinet of Curiosities is currently streaming on Netflix. Go check that out if you haven't. Also, uh, we did finish Midnight Club 2, which was really good. Uh, you can't rate that one, though, which is weird because I think they're going to do a season two. Because I saw it on Letterboxd, and then they took it off. I don't know why, but again, I think they're... Probably because they maybe changed their mind to make it a full-on series. I think they're going to make it a full, like, a couple seasons, which is fine. I'm okay with that. You can do so much with that. It's essentially Are You Afraid of the Dark, but for adults. Um, So that's really good. And then uh, we've also been watching... We just started Chucky the other day, season one, because we haven't seen that yet. Nice. And so far, I am loving... It's very good. It is so good. You know, you've got Brad Dorf back. It's written and directed by Mancini, who's the original guy. That's all we have. And I haven't seen him yet, but I know the kid who plays fucking Andy is is in the show because he calls the main guy at one point asking to buy Chucky. That's him on the phone. Yeah. All I'm gonna say because I I I've already finished. Oh, okay. It, uh, and yeah, I I couldn't put it down. I mean, it's it's a br- when I say brisk, I mean it, it. Like when you when you hear this num when you hear six hours, you don't think brisk. But for a TV season, six hours is brisk as fuck. Yeah, it's only eight episodes for the first it's like, season. Yeah, I think it's like six hours and like ten minutes or some shit. So yeah, I, I think I I binged it within like two 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 sittings. Yeah, the, I was literally hooked after the first episode. I was like, next episode, Gabby. Oh, she was like, yep, so good. But uh, so but good. the only thing I'm gonna say is there are a because the creator who did the movies all of them including the direct the straight to DVDs like ones did the show there are a lot of callbacks to all of them like one way or another there are multiple callbacks through the first season and I already know with the second season also there's even more okay. which I haven't seen this anything with the second season other than the trailer oh okay so and, and like little things here and there but right. so but but the only thing I'm gonna tell you is like yeah there's more than just that little tidbit of callback and it, it's honestly like it I never asked, we didn't ask for a Chucky TV show. I would have been okay with another movie or yeah. just, or, or nothing at all. Like I was fine with the way it ended with the movies, but uh, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, fucking it's, awesome. I can't. Some, I don't know what else to say. I, yeah, it's something I didn't need or ask for, and if we did get it, I was just hoping it would be okay. And, and I, it's like fucking. And awesome. I think the reason why it's so good is because no one else is touching it, but the guy's been doing it since. Yeah. The 80s. I think that's why it's working. And this is, I think this takes place after Cult of Chucky. Yeah, it takes place um, after the last movie. Yeah, but it, it takes place in the town where uh, Brad Dorif was born, right? Or yes. something like that? Yeah. So it takes place in his hometown and they're getting more into like his backstory. Yes. Um, well, if it's not Brad Dorif. He's, you know, yeah. he's he's got a different but, name uh, in the movie, but, uh, but yeah. Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. Uh, so it's very interesting. Uh, I'm only on, we're only on episode three, but we're going to be finishing that probably this weekend. It is so good. Can't wait to start season two. Um, it's just it's just a lot of fun. I do have a question though. Okay. That you might be able to answer, because as you know, if you've watched all the Chucky movies, child the Child's Play movies, Chucky pretty much kills everyone, and then is always trying to possess or not possess, but he's trying to do the Ade to Dembala yeah. on a on a child to but to get into that body, but he doesn't seem very focused on getting out of the body. You know what I mean? Cause that's like when he first wakes up and he's like, fuck, I'm in the body. Like I got to get out. He is. There's no, so, mo- there's no motivation I'm for that. Say one thing I was gonna say, does it, does, do we get an answer to that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. 
Because I'm like, that is his ultimate goal is and, to get himself out of that body, and he doesn't seem to be oh, yes. worried about oh, that yeah. at all. And you, <laughs> and, and you actually, yeah, it's, it's actually they. It's for me. I thought that was a, a twist because it was okay. another callback I wasn't expecting. Okay, so yeah. it is, and they actually dedicate pretty much almost an entire episode to that. Okay, cool. So cool, and, cool, cool. But you have to make sure, which I know you do, but it directly takes elements from the last Chucky movie, which is Colt. Yeah, Colt. And and how it left off there is kind of like that, yeah. goes into this. That's what I'm thinking. So that's yeah. that's how they explain it. They don't explain it other than that, but it's a very easy explanation. Okay, that's what I and was if thinking. You're aware of and if obviously we just we just watched all the Chucky movies. Yeah, recently. <laughs> so so basically the, yeah, so basically if they just to think real quick, if they were to do a sequel to the Cold of Chucky as a movie it would be this episode, yeah. that particular episode, or that, or those scenes in that particular episode. Yeah. So you'll get it. You might even be a little confused at first, because I definitely was. It took me yeah. a minute to realize what the fuck was going on, <laughs> because at the time, Cult of Chucky wasn't like in the back of my head like it is now kind of thing. Right, So yeah. it explains it like that. Perfect. Okay, so we'll get an explanation to that. But yeah, I looked at Gabby on the second, or the third episode, I'm like, well, he doesn't seem very focused on getting out of his body, so they better explain that. So I'm glad they do. Okay, cool. I'll look forward to that. Um, so yeah, that is everything in a nutshell that's been going on lately. Uh, it's been a lot, it's been a lot of stuff. I'm very excited to continue watching all the horror things this year and try to squeeze in as much as I possibly can before it's over because the top 10 is a coming very soon, uh, at the end of the year. So, uh, without further ado, let's get on to this movie that we've watched this what are we excellent, about excellent again? relic, <laughs> relic from 2020. Episode 165. <laughs> uh, so yes, Relic from 2020 released on July 10th of that year to the internet in the USA. Uh, I believe this went straight to Shudder, I think. We rented or... it on Vudu. Okay, we rented it on we Vudu. We rented it on Vudu. So it, was just, it just went to VOD. Let's just leave it at that. Rated R for mild sex and nudity, moderate violence and gore, mild profanity, mild alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and moderate frightening and intense scenes. Yep. Nothing in the severe category, All, which is weird. Well, well, f- and for this movie, honestly, like, it, except for maybe one particular scene, this probably could have got a PG-13 rating. I was saying, yeah, because there's not even any fucks. There's, there's no fucks. There's, there's one fuck. Oh, there's one. There's one oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, but okay. still, PG-13. PG-13, yeah. And I don't even know if it's very audible, but I know there's one. I, I, I'm just assuming that it's based on the imagery towards the Yes. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. If yeah. that scene was not in there or, yeah. or it was more just implied by yeah. a facial expression of a character, this could have gone away with PG-13. Yeah. But then again, it might have still been rated R strict solely because, you know, uh, the Conjurings are rated R strictly because scary. See, it's strictly because and they're this, scary. And I'm not saying this movie is scary, but like it's got that ominous feel that, that the tone is enough to give it a rated R rating. Yeah. 100%. But but this could have easily passed for PG thirteen if it wasn't for specific imagery. Yeah, so it's interesting that it's rated R, but there's really not much going on in the severe categories at all. Nope. Uh, Runtime of an hour and twenty nine minutes it goes by like 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 oh, nothing. Oh, so quick. Listed as a drama horror mystery thriller, uh, directed by Natalie Eric James, who only has six directing credits. Yeah, I think this um, was her first directed movie. Yeah, because she's only done shorts before this, but she does have a new movie coming out that's in post-production right now called Apartment 7A, so Is I... Is it horror? Yes. Oh, nice. I will be... Actually, well, let me, let me double-check that. Uh, either way, either though... Either way, I'll be on board. I'm on board yeah. because this one was the so style good. style so good, yeah, for sure. She did a great job with this. Let's see, Natalie Eric James... Coming up, filmography, director, a project, or Apartment 7A. It is a horror thriller, yeah. Okay, so it's probably going to be oh, a different pacing. Fucking Julia Garner's in it. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. 
That's going to be great. All right. I didn't know that. That's fucking tight. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's also written by the same lady. Uh, same same credits. You know, she's only done shorts. She did this. She's also writing Apartment 7A. And it's also written by Christina White, who has eight writing credits and is also helping on Apartment 7A as well. So I feel like this is going to be another hit. I'm just I'm going based off strictly this movie. Yeah. Uh, whoops. Scroll down too far. Then we've got composed by Brian Reitzel, who has 32 composer credits, also did 30 Days Oof Night. Oof Night. And and, uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Uh, Then we've got cinematography by Charlie Saroff, who has 34 credits for cinematography and also just did Smile. Nice. So I'm looking forward to see what else this motherfucker does. Right, because that's two hits right there. That is two back-to-back hits for Shursky. Uh, then we've got starring Robin Neven, or maybe Nevin, as Edna. 64 acting credits. Was also in The Matrix Reloaded slash Revelations as Counselor Dillard. That's where I remember her from. Yes. Was, was The Matrix. I was like, ah. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't look it up, but I'm like, you do look familiar. <laughs> you look familiar as hell. Then we've got Emily Mortimer as K. 70 acting credits. Was also in Scream 3 as Angelina Tyler. Cars 2 as Holly Shiftwell. And Mary Poppins Returns as Jane Banks. Then going down on the list, we've got Bella Heathcote as Sam, <clears throat> excuse me, who has 24 acting credits, was also in End Time as Michelle Weiss, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies as Jane Benet, and The Neon Demon as Gigi. If you haven't seen The Neon Demon, holy shit. Dude, that movie's such a fucking ride. Fucking wild. It's Absolutely so it. awesome. It gives off A24 vibes, but it is not A24. Shocking. Who, who produced that? Neon? Uh, I think it was Neon, actually. The Neon, De- yeah. neon did Neon oh, Demon. Oh, shocker, right? Uh, yeah, Neon Demon is just a mind fuck, and also has oh another one of my favorite. Oh, Elle Fanning's in that one too. Yeah, and then there's uh, a lot of good like. Yeah, Keanu Reeves Keanu... is in that. Like, yeah, that's not my favorite role of his though. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, but it is a very solid movie. Where's the production companies? Do they not? You could probably just look at the poster and look it on there. Oh yeah, probably. I says. believe Universal. Uh, produced it when it came out on on uh, physical Amazon Studios. Oh, well, Neon still could have done it. Uh, I think this isn't wait Amazon Studios. So this is wait wait a second. This is just straight up on Amazon right now. You're telling me if I go search oh, Neon, I'm pretty sure Neon Demon is on Amazon right now. Neon uh, the Beyond Demon, the Neon Demon. Oh yeah, Amazon Original. Oh shit. Okay, wow. I can't believe I didn't remember that. I'm going to go through and see if, uh, oh, I don't, I, I want to watch the movie. I don't want to see this shit. Yeah. I, I have to know. Stop playing shit. Just give me the goddamn production companies. Wild Bunch. I'm looking at the poster. Wild Bunch, Amazon Studios, a bunch of other little ones. Yeah, no, it's just, okay, yeah, so yeah. I thought it was Neon. I thought it was too. So yeah, go check that one out if you haven't. That one's fucking awesome. Uh, then we've got Steve Rogers, not Captain America, just another guy named Steve Rogers. Uh, as Constable Mike Adler, um, I don't remember who the fuck this guy was and why I put him in here, but I'm not going to read that because I don't even remember him being in this movie. Well, uh, there were two guys in this movie. One was the cop and one was the... the oh, bell- Constable. That's right. Con- that's a police because this is in Australia. Constable yes. is, is, is is essentially police officer. That's right. Sorry. Uh, 66 acting credits and also was in Goldstone as Mick and The Code as Malcolm Coover. And then we've got Chris Bunton as Jamie, who only has 11 acting credits, but he was also in Little Monsters as Shane, which is a really fun uh, zombie movie that has... Um, uh, the Le- chick- Le- Puta, I can't pronounce her name. 
Lupita Nyong? Her. Yeah. That sounds almost right. Yes, from Us and uh, Get Out, I believe. And Black Panther. And Black Panther, yeah. She's awesome. Uh, Estimated budget of not available because this is an indie movie and they typically don't have those stats on IMDb. But we did get a worldwide box office gross of nearly $3 million, which is fucking awesome. Uh, It It definitely got $7 of my money. And then after I bought it, another 20. Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Filmed in Melbourne and Creswick, Australia, and then some other minor locations in LA, basically like set design and stuff like that. Uh, You can watch this on AMC Plus, IFC Films Unlimited, which is a prime channel, or you can just purchase the physical copy from Scream Factory on Amazon or from Scream Factory themselves for about $18. You know, I thought it was interesting that this is an Australian movie because the two lead characters are uh, English. Are they? Uh, Emily Mortimer and Bella Hithcote are, are English. Huh. Weird. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because because I, I had to double check myself because I'm like, Emily Mortimer is English, right? And then I had to look it up. And yeah, she, she's English. Interesting. Okay. But, uh, but they did the accents pretty well. Yeah, they did it great, I think. It sounded authentic to me. Yeah, um, right? And I mean, you know, between British and Australia, it's it's, it's similar. You know, similar. it's it's vaguely similar, but uh, it's just, it's it's almost like, okay, it's almost like the country version of our accent. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like British. Yeah, is, like British Australians is, got like the twang to the they British. Ha, they have like a more twangy British. At least that's how it feels to me. If I'm completely inaccurate, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I apologize. Tossed. That's just that's how, just it, how co- it sounds in my yeah, head. That's like, how it sounds more to me. Of a twang. Yeah, for sure. Movies that came out around the same time followed which is actually Antoine Lay's movie that we had you know he was on our show back on episode 62 I believe uh, Unhinged which was the first movie we saw back in theaters after COVID with, uh, oh, Ru- with Russell, Russell Crowe Crow. then we've got two IFC movies right here The Vigil and The Rental uh, Deep Blue C3, Greenland, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Sponge on the Run, and another IFC, Sputnik. Which, like, damn, they which, were killing it. Speaking of Sputnik, uh, I had no idea this existed until I watched the trailer today on when I watched the movie. Bro, Sputnik is fucking crazy. It looks amazing. It is crazy. Me and like, Corey, I, I, I gotta watch it now. Yeah, me and Corey did it on a space episode. Is it, it streaming it's, anywhere? Um, it it might be. I have to look. But Shout Factory also has that as a uh, oh yeah because I mean, I mean, do you have it? Do I have Sputnik? Not yet. You son of a bitch. I know. It's like the I have the vigil. I have the rental. I don't care about those. I, I have the relic. I asked, <laughs> or relic. I asked about Sputnik. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Friendship over. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Thank you, me. <laughs> um, did you have any I had like 17 specific horror movies. The whole movie. The whole fucking thing. Um, uh, I had no, I did have a lot though. <laughs> I had I had quite a lot. Two two main ones. Okay. One hey. was one was uh more because it was kind of eerie was the ending shot. Yes. Fucking stuck with me. Yes. And then the other was that visual scene that gave it the rated R. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Those mm-hmm. would be my two. Yep. yep. I mean, the whole movie is fucking haunting as shit. Yeah, it's very So uh, if I have to speak... Eerie. So the whole movie is just one big horror moment, but if I have to, like... (laughs) Specify. But gun to head, those two. Uh, Yeah, there's a couple for me. So when... Early on in the movie, there's a shot of the hallway where there is clearly a person standing. Oh, yeah. Very, very, like... she's There's, like, like an inch of that person just standing there, and then it just slowly... I was like, oh, no. Dude, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very haunting. Yeah. moody unnerving movie so that was one um then when Kay is sleeping and someone brushes her hair back oh yeah I'm I'm like, like, ah! Ah! 
And then the last one was, uh, I'll, when we get there, I'll say it because I want to explain it in the story, but I have yeah. another one. Okay. Um, there is no kills, so we don't really have a favorite one of those, unfortunately. Well, there's a death. There's a death, but yeah, there's not but really. You, and we can't really call it a favorite because if you yeah. did, you're a monster. And it's also like a dream sequence. So, yeah. you know. uh, my favorite character was Jamie. Uh, he was barely in the movie, but he just seemed like such a good guy. I don't know. He just seemed like a, a good Jamie person. Jamie was, was the Down syndrome guy. Yeah, he had. Okay, yeah, I, he, I couldn't remember. He's, his yeah, name. he's the he's a character with Down syndrome. Um, he just he's the neighbor, uh, but he just had, he just had such a likable personality. I was like, I just want to be your friend. Right. <laughs> I like you. Um, I didn't have a least favorite character because everyone was likable. I liked, every, I liked yeah. everybody. Even the even Edna, the grandma. You know, I didn't not that I liked her, but I was interested in what the yeah. fuck was going on. This is one of those odd movies to where like. You felt for everybody in the movie. Yeah, like everybody. everybody. Like even you know, Jamie was in like maybe three minutes total of the movie, and you're like, you know, I feel kind of bad for this. Yeah, because once you hear his story, you're like, oh. And that's um, what kind of movie this is. It's a very emotional, yeah, moody movie. So like, you gotta be in the mood for this type of movie. Like, don't like, it's 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 an. I want to call it unconventional horror because you don't get many horror that are like this. I mean, yeah. you, you might get like elements of it in a movie, but this was the whole fucking movie. This gave me very much because of the slow burn quality, gave me very much vibes of like the invitation where everyone's invited to dinner and then shit starts to slowly unravel. And that's kind of what this was. Yeah. Except it's just in like a, in a much but, more but different not, way. Yeah. Much more like, like this was definitely more of like a, as weird as this sentence is going to be, but oh, this God. was a in the feels horror. Yeah, I mean that's not weird to say. Like it's not nowhere in near what heights. you probably thought I was going to say. I was, yeah, I was like, I don't know where you're going, <laughs> but keep it like you know well, PG yeah. thirteen. Well, yeah, but but I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, when you watch horror, you're not you're, you don't really like <gasps> yeah. like you don't get like this is a very pull on your heartstring horror film. Yeah, makes and you makes you care for pretty much every everybody single person. in this yeah. and like. Sometimes that's hard to say for a horror film that like you care about everybody. Sometimes yeah. you're like, fuck that guy, but I like that guy. But like, no, you. there's nobody in this movie you want to say fuck to. You like exactly. all of them. Exactly. Uh, since there wasn't really any quippy lines, I don't, I don't have a favorite line. Yeah. Um, so we'll just move on to the IMDb description and then we'll just we'll, we're going to go through this movie uh, as creepy and eerie as it is. So the IMDb summary is a daughter, mother and grandmother are haunted by a manifestation of dementia that consumes their family home. So without without further ado, even though I just said that a minute ago, we're going <laughs> to we're going to do this. Uh, the beginning of the movie is a very eerie and creepy shot around Christmas time showing some, you know, a tree and all this other stuff. And then there's water in a tub that reaches the top. Of the bathtub and starts to trickle down the stairs, and then the water starts pooling around feet. Then it zooms out to grandma butt, and you're like, okay, wasn't expecting that. And she's just standing there staring at the tree, just like this tree is fading in and out with the lights. She slowly starts to turn her head around, and it's like, boom, relic. And you're like, okay, I guess I gotta buckle up for this one. And then we focus in on Kay and Sam. Kay is uh, Sam's mother, and they're listening to a message from their dad who says, can't find mom, haven't heard from her, go check on her. So they go to check on her at her home. They get inside. The fruit is rotted. Uh, Everything kind of looks disheveled. There's something under the covers on Granny's bed. Turns out it's just pillows. I was waiting for like a, just a decrepit body. I was like, yes, no. Uh, so then they obviously report her missing to the police station. They're like, I haven't seen her in a while. Gives her a fo- gives the constable a photo of mom that was taken last year. Uh, and then we go back to the house where Sam is poking around. And this is where I'm immediately unsettled because she finds that interior door with the super heavy lock on it. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. 
what like that is not like a door to the outside world. You open the door and it's like a closet with pillows and dresses and it's why is this locked? Right. And why is it locked like this? Why is it locked like that? Don't worry. I'm here to tell you why. Uh, and she notices that one of the dresses is that's wrapped in plastic because I assume it came from the dry cleaners is like breathing. It's like sucking in and like b- like blowing it out. I'm like, okay, is there someone in that? No, there's not. She pulls it. She pulls it aside, and it's like uh, mold or something. Like there's the black stuff on the wall. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it looks like mold. It's a, it's some type of decay. It's some type of decay, and uh, it is very prevalent throughout the movie. And I, I will explain it in the spoiler part real quick once we get there. But uh, later, through conversation, we find out Sam stopped working at the gallery. I guess she was an artist. Uh, she's working at a bar. Her mom's not happy about that. Um, and she's like, I don't know, you know, I'm, but she's glad that Sam is there because mom doesn't know what to do. And I think I'd feel the same way if I couldn't find my grandma, you know, if my grandma just went missing and just gone. It's like, OK, yeah, I don't know. You know I don't know what to do. Um, and so she's just glad that they're both there to try and find, you know, Edna. Her name is Edna. Um, and then this is where it starts to get interesting because. You start to notice things around the house that are odd and what's going on. Like the night before they go to bed, when they're there for the first night, Kay sees that floodlight just turn on. And you're like, okay, usually those are on sensors. Why is this on if no one else is there? You get the sense that something or someone is there and you're like, I assume it's the grandma. But also, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's an entity. Um, And then the next day they're searching for her, searching for her, can't find anything. Uh, and this is when later that night, Sam's outside smoking a J and I love this interaction between her and Jamie because Jamie's out there patrolling. He's got a little <laughs> flashlight. He's looking for Edna and he's like, oh, that smells kind of weird. He's like, uh, can I have a go at that? And she's like, you're 18, right? And he's like, yeah. It's like, man, where'd the time go? So he takes a hit of the, of the joint and like coughs a little bit and then he goes on his little merry way, blah, blah, blah. And this is where we get that shot after uh, Sam comes back inside to talk to Kay because Kay's playing the piano and then all of a sudden you get the shot of the person standing there in the hall way and slowly moving out of frame so you're at this point you're like okay someone's here the floodlight's going off there's clearly a person or entity or something that is looking down the hallway at them but you still have no idea what it is you you still don't know if it's grandma or if it's this whatever is haunting them um so oh what was i saying do 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 oh yeah so then um did I fucking miss a whole thing? The conversation. Blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah. Kay and Sam are talking about the last time uh, she spoke to Edna because she told the cop it was just normal stuff, you know, just yeah. normal conversation. But she failed to mention to the cop that Edna was saying she was fearing for her life, that someone had broken into the home because she came home one day, all the doors were open, things were disheveled, things were moved. But Kay is like, I'm brushing this off because she's old. She's forgetful. So she just leaves it up to that, which is probably not a good idea. And we'll see why we're going to get there. Don't worry. Um, then we see upstairs because there's, there's been, I don't know if you've seen notes yet, but this is the first time you see a note that is haunting because Sam picks up this sweater that has a note in it that says, don't follow it. So now you're thinking at this point, I don't know what you were thinking. I want to know here in a second. I'm thinking, okay, grandma got, run over by a reindeer. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I'm thinking, okay, don't follow this. There's an entity that's haunting her. She got taken by this thing. And what we're seeing is the entity living in the house. I don't know. What did, at that point in time, what were your feelings on it? Well, so knowing already going into that, that uh, this movie is about 
you know, grandma with what uh, possibly like dementia or some type of illness. I was like, okay, she's seen things, but as a viewer, so are we. Yeah. So I took this in two different directions in my head until it, it decided to, you know, reveal it real self. One, I did go the same route you were, you were saying, or the other, I was going, okay, so maybe what we're seeing as, as viewers is in the eyes of, of grandma mm-hmm. and, and her dementia. So yeah. on one side, I was like, okay, we're living dementia with her, yeah. which which is actually uh, later on. There's a cool bit of, bit of trivia that was put into this movie for for this purpose exactly. So this is also why I thought that because okay. it makes sense. Yeah. Um, or I was thinking, okay, maybe there is actually an entity, and Grandma did see this and scared it, and it scared her half to death. And obviously, you know, what somebody says, oh, I saw a ghost or whatever, everybody's like, yeah, you're full of shit. Like, rubs it off until they actually see the shit too. So I had, yeah. so I had two different ideas in my head, and uh, until like the real idea came to to life. But yeah, that's where yeah. I, I was like, either either the director is trying to give the viewers you know, dementia, <laughs> not like on purpose, but like, yeah, the, yeah, the feel of dementia yeah. to feel more with the character, which makes sense because, you know, a lot of times until you have the sickness or look it up, you don't quite understand what it means. Yeah. And there's a lot of instances in this movie where, you know, Edna says one thing to Sam, but then she says something different to Kay and Sam's like, wait, I, we had a different conversation. So even I was, yeah. even I was like, didn't they say something? For so I- all, and for a long time, this is a re- real, uh, like, you know, like 10 years ago or whatever, before I decided to do like, I can look shit up myself. Uh, <laughs> I honestly thought Alzheimer's and dementia were pretty much the same thing. Just one was more severe, which it kind of is, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, I'm obviously not going to go into all that stuff just because we, you know, we're talking about this movie. Yeah. But, uh, so for the longest time, so I kind of liked that the way they were doing it in this movie. That's why I, I thought maybe through through the lens's eyes, uh, the director was trying to give us dementia to feel more sympathetic towards the characters instead of just like another gut, yeah, kind of a ghost story. They're trying to give you the sensation of not and being able to remember things. Exactly. And, <laughs> like, and, and, and honestly, uh, honestly, uh, like the way this movie like moved and everything, it worked so well. Like, yeah, they did a perfect like, job. Like this is the most unique, I think, uh, film experience in a horror film you will have. Even you know it may feel similar to something you've seen before, but it's not at all. Yeah, and it's so slow burn, and the world building is so good, and they put you in this situation where you're very uncomfortable and you're completely lost as to, as to what's going on. And even the ending, like I said, I'll, I will explain because if you don't pick up on it, you can be like, I don't. This is this is a dumb ending. Like and, honestly, and, and for all we know, we both have different uh, perspectives yeah, on I'm the ending, which which is also excited. I think is really cool for this movie in particular because you can. Yeah, it's up to your interpretation at the end of the day. But I mean, and I don't know what you're about this, what you're going to say to the ending, but I feel like mine works. 100% and odds are yours could could work easily. Yeah, if they're not the same. If they're not the same, yeah. exactly. Uh, so the next day, Kay wakes up to her mom, Edna, making tea in the kitchen. She's like, where the fuck have you been? And she does not answer. She's like, you want tea? And like, okay, we're just okay, going to sure. We're glossing past that. Uh, so they call a nurse in, make sure she's okay. She's on point. She's remembering things, remembering dates. No problem. Kay is like, what the fuck is happening? And she just will not, Edna will not tell Kay where she was, yeah, she, what she, she was she doing dodging the question. or why she was gone. And, um, yeah. So continuing on, uh, we see Sam again, poking around, looking at things and she comes across this sketchbook which depicts a cabin that we saw earlier in Kay's nightmare. And apparently her, uh, so it was Kay's grandfather. So Sam's great grandfather, I think 
I could be getting that wrong. He used to live there before it was torn down, but they did take the door that was on that cottage and bring it to the current home. So it's very interesting, uh, and they go into a little bit about the cottage more. But then at this point, Kay reveals that she's setting up a place for Edna to go, like hospice, like a home for mom. Sam does not like this at all, which is, you know, you know, because you, she, she's like, you can't make that decision for her. She has to be willingly to go there, which, you know, I, makes sense. Makes total sense. And then this is where Edna starts really showing us a very odd side because she is murmuring to herself somewhere downstairs and, uh, you know, and she's just um, like she's mumbling to something and we can't see what it's there. But when Kay goes downstairs to find Edna, there's this black figure that's behind her. Yeah. I don't know if you caught it, but it's like a black shadowy figure that's right behind her. And then we think Kay or we think Edna is facing the door. And this is my all time favorite scary moment because she is looking away from Kay and Kay's like mom. And then she, her arms come up in the direction of Kay and she pulls her hair and her face pops out. And I was like, no, yeah, because no. yeah, honestly, the whole time you thought she was turned around. She thought, you thought she was, was turned like, around. And so I was cool, like, man. hell no. So she puts mom in bed and then mom's like, it's here. It's under the bed. You need to check under the bed. And she does. And she's like, nothing's there. And she's like, no, no, no. You didn't actually check. Check again. And she checks and something slightly moves and Kay bashes her head. But then she just blames her mom. She's like, you did that. You set oh, that cause, up. Because uh, her mom dropped the book on her head. No, she hit her head on the bed. Right. Well, also, there was a book that fell that was on there. That's why she was blaming her mom. Oh, okay. I guess I must have missed yeah, that. So, yeah. So there's a book that her mom dropped on her head. Oh, and that's why shit. Dropped on her. And that's why she hit her head. And that's why she was blaming her mom. You did that on purpose. Because you see Kay then pick up a book off the floor and put it back on the bed. Okay. All right. Okay. I got you. Okay. So moving on. Uh, Sam is, it's later in the movie. Say It's like later at night. Uh, Sam is taking a bath and sees someone or something come to the door and just stand there. She asks, Gran, you know, Gran, is that you? And then something like scratches the door and walks away. And you're like, like what? okay, what is going on? I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I need answers. I need to know what's going on. And obviously everything is revealed, but you're just, you're just so curious as to what is going on because they're not explaining everything for a reason. And, and once you get that explanation, you're like, holy fuck. Um, so, uh, you know, at this point, this is when Edna bursts out that night that, um, Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm jumping ahead of myself. There we go. Oh, yeah, because uh, earlier in the movie, uh, Edna and Sam talked. Sam was like, hey, why don't I, you know, move closer to you? I could be here with you. I could take care of you. And she's like, what do you mean closer? She's like, well, I'll just move in here. And then, you know, Edna's like, no, we're not doing that. But then later on that night, she blurts out to Kay that, oh, you're, you know, she's moving here to take care of me. And Sam's like, we didn't have that discussion. Uh, hello? And Kay is like, no, you're not. And I'm like, didn't they just, what's going on? Is she fucking with them? Like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Right. So it's really confusing to follow because you, you have to second guess yourself on what happened because it's like, I'm pretty sure they just had a conversation where you got very upset about her being there. So I don't know why you're making shit up now, but it leads into the whole dementia side of the movie where she, at this point, you're just like, okay, I guess she's just crazy or I'm crazy because I'm misremembering things. So it does really give you like dementia by like association almost. You're like, I'm fucking confused as hell. Uh, it's it's very, very odd. Um, and throughout this movie, you're hearing banging and knocks and creaks and scratches all over the place. 
uh, you know, she goes downstairs, Sam, she's like, I'm hearing more banging. And she, the fucking washer and dryer is just like violently moving back and forth. So she turns it off, calls out for Gran, and then the lid just slams shut. And I'm just like, okay, is there a fucking entity here? Is grandma like Tony Colletting through the house, like flying around and just doing all this crazy shit? Because I, I'm fucking confused. I don't understand what's going on here. Um, let's see here going down. Oh, so many notes. I'm trying to blow through this quickly, but oh my God, I might just have to leave it here or something like that because there's so much left that I want to say. Um, we have, we see Kay having more bad dreams. I don't want to mention the dreams because they're very, very, uh, they're like very upsetting things. And it kind of, it kind of does reveal things that I, I, I kind of want to keep a secret. So we see Edna talking to herself more, uh, mumbling things just to something that's not there. And Kay sees this again. Very concerned for her mom at this point. Um, and I mean, I am too. Uh, you know, at this point, it's like, at this point, what do you think is going on? After, after seeing her mumble to herself, do you think that there's an entity here? Like, is that the vibe you got? Did you think she was like talking to a higher power? Did you think she... Like, was... like I said, uh, the whole movie until, you know, it revealed itself, I thought one or the other. Like I had those two options of, yeah. oh, it's just dementia fucking with us and her, or she actually is talking to an entity. Yeah, because she's, she's saying to herself, like, Kay and Sam aren't Kay and Sam. They're not themselves. They're pretending to be them, but they're not them. And she's like, I bet you they wish I could just die so they could bury me in the ground. And I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, they're they're them. I think it's you who's not you. You're, 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 you're kind of weird. Weird. Right. And at this point, she noticed uh, Sam's up there uh, coming up behind her. And she's, uh, I guess, grandma, you know, grandma makes candles or something like that because she's carving candles and she's got blood all over her hands. So she's trying to help. And then she just like forcibly like removes Sam from the room and gets very violent. And it's like, well, OK, and I think I think grandma's losing it at this point because she is she's just going crazy. And then this is when Sam goes to Jamie's house to figure out what happened between Jamie and Edna, because Jamie hasn't been around for a reason. He, Cause she was like, do you want to come inside after they were smoking that? Jay's like, no, no, I'm good. And he looked very upset. Yeah. So we find out that they were playing hide and seek Sam and, or I'm sorry, Edna and Jamie. And it was Jamie's turn to hide. And he hid in that room. That's lot that with the big lock and grandma locked it, not thinking that he was in there and he was trapped there for hours. So when, you know, when Jamie didn't return, Alex's dad shows up and Edna's like, Oh no, I haven't seen him. But he's like, but Alex is like, I can hear him. Like, like, where is he? So he goes to get him out. And yeah. he said, he said that he had paint under his fingernails from scratching the door, trying to get out. So there's obviously some, there's something in that doorway that she doesn't want to see. And when we, when you, it's actually revealed, holy shit, hold on to your pants, man. But yeah, it's that same room. So at this point, I'm like, okay, something's going on in that room. I hope it's revealed. I don't want it to just be one of those like, oh, we're not going to tell or we're just going to tell. We're not going to show. But no, don't don't worry. It does reveal itself. Um, and then this is where things really get weird because grandma is out in the woods eating pictures from a photo album. Yeah. Kay shows up and is like, dude. What are you doing? And she snatches the photo book and just runs off into the woods. And she's like, I'm going to bury this here. The photo album will be safe. And I'm like, safe from fucking what? 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 <laughs> and then she's like, mom, just come, just come live with us. Like, I'm worried about you. I want you to be safe. And she's like, you know, she obliges to, to, to go with them. Um, of course we all know that does not happen. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Uh, so, you know, it, she's clearly upset and she's just like, okay, come with us. Just, just come with us. So that's, that's where we end it with that. And then Sam again, investigating the house because, you know, we have to know what's going on. So she goes into the mysterious closet and realizes that there is an entire section 
that they have not explored because there was a whole bunch of shit piled up in front of it. Yeah. But there's a whole ass hallway. So she starts ripping the stuff apart and goes down this hallway and things quickly go downhill from here because she comes across some boxes, one of the more sticky notes. And one of the sticky notes is like, my mother has green eyes. Another one is like, my name is Edna. There's mold or whatever all that black shit is all over the wall. And she follows this hallway down to four fucking doors, two down one hallway and two down another hallway. And I was like on high alert. <laughs> I was like red flag. There's like an entire other house up here. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, fuck this. I am leaving. She turns around to leave, except she can't seem to leave because she ends up right back where she was. And then she's like, okay, uh, that's weird. And tries to go another way. And she can't escape. There is no escape. She just keeps getting deeper and deeper into this weird labyrinth of hallways and doors. And she's got no cell service. And she calls out for mom starting banging on the wall, but no one answers because they can't hear her. And that's where I'll leave it just because she's stuck in this fucking purgatory oh, or something. Are some we not going to talk about the ending? No, I'm leaving it there for the story. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll talk, we're going to talk for like two minutes. I'm like, because we've been edging the audience this no, no, whole no, time. No, no, no. We're going to talk about the end. I'm going to leave it there story-wise. Okay. Because, you know, grandma's going crazy. Kay is trying to pick up the pieces. Sam is now lost in this alternate dimension of, of this house. fucking house yeah, that sure. you don't know. So I'll leave it there. But. At this point in time, we are going to talk spoilers real quick. I'm going to keep it to five minutes. So five minutes from now we, or, or sooner, we will be done. And I will obviously announce done. No more spoilers. So the ending of the movie. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. So the ending of the movie is grandma. She's had this black shit on her for the entire movie that she's been picking at and scratching. And throughout the whole movie, it's gotten it's grow just, yeah. just like the house. It's been growing. It's all growing. Over. And yes. Yeah. Just like the house. It's growing on the house. So the end of the movie is grandma just all disheveled, breaking her leg, breaking her arm, chasing after Sam and Kay. Cause now Kay is also with Sam in these fucking walls, this crawl space or whatever. They eventually are able to get out of the crawl space, but not before grandma comes through after them. And Sarah Kay has well, this pipe that she was using to break through the wall. She just bashes grandma she with it. Yeah. She's like, grandma boom, boom. And then they go to leave except, you know, Kay is like, I can't leave my mom like this. You know, at the end of the day, it's still my mom. So yeah. she goes to get her mom. She picks her up. She carries her upstairs to the bed. And this is the most haunting shit. 100%. Like that I want probably top 10 horrifying things I've ever seen. She starts to pick at the black spots and she just degloves her, all of her skin. Yep. Pulls all the skin off of mom, drops it on the floor, and she's looking like E.T., like all just dark and crusty and really thin. And then, you know, she lays her down on the bed, and then Sam comes up and sees this, is obviously horrified. And then Kay lays down next to her mom, or what what is left of her mom, consoling her. And then Sam comes and does the same thing. Now, this is where it gets really tricky if you're not if you're not paying close attention. So they're all laying down. Grandma, what is just whatever is left of her is there. Kay is fine and Sam is fine. But Sam is looking at the back of her mom and she notices some of the black shit that yep. was on grandma and some of the black shit that's been on the wall. She goes to reach out to pull it down. Movie ends. Movie ends. So my take and actually technically Gabby's take that she gave to me is this is essentially 
a visual representation for dementia. Because when someone has dementia, they turn into someone that you will not recognize. They don't recognize you. They will forget everything. They don't, they don't remember where they are. So it's essentially her mom. It's a literally, it's a visual representation for how dementia can affect people. And also the fact that it is a hereditary condition that the mom is now showing signs of because of the black spots. So now Sam knows that's what happened to my grandma. It's going to happen to my mom and it's going to happen to me at some point because of the generational, uh, you know, like I said, dementia is like hereditary. So it is, like I said, visual representation of how dementia affects people, but just done metaphorically and giving you something to actually look at. And I was like, when Gabby said that, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> What? I, so, so, I was like, ah, I didn't get it. So we had, Gabby and I had the same yeah. Yeah, interpretation. It's, yeah, it is literally just, it's something you can see I definitely, and grasp. I and definitely didn't get that my first watch. Like I said, uh, me watching it this time, even though my rating stayed the same. Yeah. I understood it more profoundly as yes. the first, because the first time when you watch any movie, the first time, yeah. honestly, we went blind. We didn't see a trailer. We just knew this was a 2020 movie. And I was like, it looks fucking creepy. So they were like the I, next hereditary. This is actually a good movie that I'm glad I didn't see the trailer for, because I feel like even though I wouldn't expect things, I would have seen some things visually. Yeah. That I would have already like in the trailer that that already would have given me ideas spinning. So this we went completely blind. We just knew it was a new movie of 2020. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, I'm glad I didn't see the trailer for this one because honestly, trailers ruin so much shit. They can, yeah, they can. So, but, uh, but uh, so if you if you've watched this movie and haven't understood it, that's essentially what it is, and that makes the whole movie make sense. And it, it, it this is in the trivia, um, which we'll get to obviously. But uh, no, go ahead and say it. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. But pretty much the score in this movie is supposed to obviously my word is going to be different than it said in the trivia, but uh. It's supposed to give the viewers the sense that they're having dementia as well, and in, in like a scientific way, which is why like I, they're using certain frequencies. Or yes, yeah. which is which is why okay. when I was saying certain things earlier, yeah, like like I felt like I was in the movie. With yeah. them. like that's why I wasn't sure if it's just dementia, like fucking with the, like they're through the lens where they're giving the audience dementia or what, which is kind of what they were doing. Yeah, they wanted Ooh, the audience me. to feel. And that's why I said this movie is the most emotional horror film you'll probably yeah. ever see in your entire life. It's very emotional. Obviously, like Hereditary Midsummer, they're a very emotional, but on a completely different yeah, level. Yeah, they're, they're more just like uh, traumatic. This is literally like, whoo, yeah, emotion. Like, like, this literally pulls on your heartstrings. And you're not on the verge of crying, but like you feel for literally every character, except for the cop, whatever. Yeah. But like <laughs> all, all the main characters in this movie, the family. Yeah. And, and even the... Uh, the Down syndrome kid, I can't remember his name. Uh, Jamie. Jamie, the little small part that he in, like you feel for them all in a profoundly, like I have to protect you type of level, like your family with them. And I think family. <laughs> <laughs> and I think with the score and the way they did that, they did exactly what they went to do. And I, I gotta tell you, it worked one hundred percent. Yep, it worked one hundred percent. That is the end of the spoilers. If you have uh, seen this movie and didn't understand, there you go. You're welcome. Hopefully, it makes more sense now. But like, yeah, I so I had this. Okay, real quick. Um, there's not much trivia that I could find. No mid or post credit scenes. Uh, the only tagline I could find was "Everything decays." Fucking tracks. Um, trivia, although they portray mother and daughter, Emily Mortimer is only 16 years older than Bella Heathcote. And Bella Heathcote also starred in The Neon Demon, where she plays a model humiliated by a casting director played by Alessandro Nivola, who is the 
or Nivola, who is the who is who is in life the husband of Emily Mortimer. He's actually a really good actor. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of stuff too that you that you probably have seen and didn't realize. Yeah. Like he was uh, in Face Off. Oh, nice. Okay. He, he played uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, brother in that movie. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no goofs. Rated six out of ten on IMDb. Three point two out of five on Letterbox. I originally gave this a three point five, and I have bumped that up to a four and a half. Yes, I I uh, started out like my first viewing was a four, and this one stayed a four. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, once once the because I, I was like I was like it's not a four for sure, but then once Gabby told me what we've already mentioned about you know the ending, I was like half star more. I was like fuck yeah, that was fucking brilliant. I love this movie. Uh, just going in though, no, it's very slow burn. You have to pay attention. But and even it, for a slow burn, it's quick. No, no, yeah, it's quick. Because sometimes slow burns, you're like, oh my god. Even if it's an hour and a half, you're like, when is this? But it, end? it's so mysterious and so suspenseful. You're like, I'm I'm hooked. And I'm also here. and also uh, with the notes that we mentioned earlier throughout this. They're not on. They're, sometimes they can be a little harder to read because they're not on screen for as long as you want them to. Yeah, that's so, true. so honestly, I had to rewind a couple times. Or, or when they're there, just pause it and read them. Yeah, that that too. And yeah. then go on it. That's what I would on. do because sometimes, and I say pause because sometimes when you rewind to watch the same scene again, the buildup that you're there stops yeah. and you have to get it there, and it kind of kills the vibe. And I think for this movie, the pause is better because it's because it'll just continue versus you rewatching Redoing the whole it, yeah. scene. So personally, to me. For for me, pause if you can. Pause it was easier for me. If if you're, if, but then again, sometimes you know some people might be able to read that faster than others. But yeah, that's not, true. They're not on screen long enough for you to read all of them in clear detail. Right, exactly. So just know that going in, definitely check this one out. Um, whatever you have to do to watch it, AMC Plus, uh, IFC Unlimited, buy the Blu-ray. Hundred percent recommend this one. This is very good. Um, uh, so yeah, check us out on Facebook at Frightmares, Instagram slash your app, Frightmares Podcast, Twitter, uh, at Frightmares underscore pod. I'm Dr. Proctor on Letterboxd. You are Slafferman. The one and only Slafferman. Um, what's next week looking like? 166. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what is next week? Me and Corey? Me and, me and Gabby? Fuck, what are we doing? It's November, right? Yes. It's not Thanksgiving. No, it's the week before. It's something. I'm so terrible at this. I need to just add it to my fucking sheet. Next episode is this. You kind of should. I mean, it's not like it would take long. I have so much detail in these fucking things. I'm just going to start doing that. Just tune in next week. You know, we'll be here. It'll be something good. I don't remember what it is. I'm horrible at this. Uh, but yes, until next week, guys, stay tuned and stay spooky. Stay spooky.